It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again. Matt Hausman, your host of Smart Money Questions Podcast where what we try and do a couple times a month is go over different topics, subjects, scenarios, questions to enhance your ability to recognize the right questions to ask. You know, many times, or many of you have heard me say this, a mentor told me this over two decades ago, which is you get where you are in life based on the questions you ask. The key is knowing the right questions to ask. So we're hoping that putting this information out there will help you recognize the right questions to ask. So what I'm going to address today is an email that I got from someone and I've I've got this question numerous times over the course of the, you know, years and many times though I haven't got the question but just based on how the conversation went with people is I knew they were thinking it. And so I'm going to dive into that today, but before I do that, I want to make sure that I give you the disclaimer I don't know you. Well, I might know you, but there's probably a good chance that I don't. So therefore, please, please do not take what I discuss on this show as direct advice for you. Treat it more as information and education that then you should discuss with your financial advisor, an attorney, CPA, or whoever you normally seek out counsel. If you do seek out counsel. Now, if you would like for me or us to be your advisor, we can certainly have that conversation. We'll caution you though that normally we only take on about 30 to 40 percent of the people who seek us out and it's not because we're overly selective. We just feel very strongly there is a right reason to hire an advisor and there's a wrong reason to hire an advisor. So if you'd like to seek us out, there's multiple ways you can do that. Probably the easiest is to just call my office 610 719-3003. That's area code 610-719-3003. And we can schedule a time for us to talk or meet. But if you're not in the Metro Philly area, not to worry. We actually have clients in 10 states and we're very comfortable working with people virtually if that's what you have interest in. Okay, so let's jump right in. Okay, as I've said, I have gotten this question numerous times from people Or in the way the conversation went, I knew they were thinking this. And the question is from Warren. I actually got this in an email. Warren out of New Jersey. And his question goes like this. I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but I know a lot about investing already. I worked in finance for many years. I'm comfortable doing things myself. In fact, I'll honestly admit that I think I know more than you. But here's the rub. I'm tired of looking at the numbers every day and keeping up with it all. I want an advisor to take care of it so I can enjoy my retirement and focus my energies on other things. But how are you going to bring value to my situation if I feel like I already have a pretty doggone good grasp of the technical part of investing? And you know, first of all, I want to say that's a great question. And you know, the reality is, if you're going to look to bring on an advisor, what is the value that they're going to bring you? 
And let's also talk about what is an advisor, because there's been so many times when I have met with people and we start going through the planning process and they're bringing out their documents. And, you know, I always ask in advance, you know, do you already have an advisor? And if they do, you know, what are they doing for you? What are they not doing for you? And then we start looking at where their money is. And I can see that in many cases, I just had this happen at the first of the year with uh, a gentleman that came in, self-employed, very successful. And we were going over things and I asked him if he had an advisor and he said yes. And as we further went through it, I told him, I said, you know, I think there's a misunderstanding. You think that you have an advisor, but the reality is this person who happens to be at a big wirehouse, they're just a stockbroker. So that's not what they're thinking they're doing for you. That's why they're not talking about the different things that I'm talking about, because that's not their job. Their job, you have hired that person to be a stockbroker, a stock picker, where their only goal is to make the right decisions on when to buy and sell. But it's not to look at everything holistically. The other thing is, I had another couple that was in back in the fourth quarter, and we were going over different things, and they thought they had an advisor. As a matter of fact, I remember, I think I spoke about this on a podcast, and the husband was really upset, and they actually, I apologize, they had multiple advisors, but when we looked at where the money was and what these advisors were advising on, they were simply life insurance salesmen. That's all they were. They weren't advising the client on all aspects of their financial life. So the first thing I would tell you, Warren, when you, you know, what is the value and everyone that's listening is you really, first of all, want to understand, am I dealing with an advisor that's going to be looking at everything? Now, here's the disclaimer. I'm not an attorney and I'm not a CPA, but as a holistic advisory firm, which I believe we provide that is that we're looking at all aspects. You know, I had a client mention this to me at the end of the year, and the idea was that she was working with us because, her and her husband were working with us, because she said, I know that you're going to be able to find the blind spots or see the blind spots I don't see. You're going to be able to ask the three or four or five or six questions after my first one to lead us through the process of educating us and then making the right decision. So I think it's so key that we, first of all, understand and have an agreement with this person that we're going to bring on board as an advisor and make sure they're really doing what it is we think they're supposed to do. You know, so Warren, let's dive into that and let's talk about why you would want to hire an advisor. And I'm going to give you, just to let everyone know, this is my opinion on what an advisor should be looking at for a client, someone that's truly advising in all areas, even if they're not, just like I said, I'm not a CPA, I'm not an attorney, but they can recognize the blind spots or the holes that need to be filled in a client situation to make sure everything within their financial world is being taken care of. So first of all, a blind spot. I can tell you that I sat down with a client at the end of the year and this is on tax mitigation. And we were looking at, and they were coming to me with some suggestions. This is what I think I would like to do over the course of the next three years to get me to this point based on the current tax code. And as we were going through it, I was able to say, well, wait a second here. 
if you do that, you're creating a tax obligation in the current year that isn't needed because there's going to be other things happening, mainly a decrease in income over the course of the next two years, that we can achieve the same thing over a three-year period of time with a $47,000 reduced tax cost. You know, so looking for those tax mitigating opportunities is what I believe an advisor should be looking at and really making sure, you know, one of the things I always talk about is you want to make sure you have an understanding on what you're going to owe Uncle Sam on the money that you're making and or distributing to yourself. Well, the only way to do that is to understand the tax characterization. How is it tax characterized? How is the IRS going to look at it? There's a big difference between, you know, uh, after-tax investment account versus an IRA versus a Roth and understanding that. And then also looking for tax mitigating opportunities in the current year, but then also, you know, looking at a client situation today and how can we make changes year over year over year to have a long-term tax planning approach or tax mitigating approach. The other thing I would tell you is, you know, it's not always just about the quote returns. Returns are important, but we've been so conditioned to think just about returns. And many times we only think about the returns in the short term. But you know, when we come to retirement, and Warren, I haven't asked you if you are retired, in retirement, we're now looking to mitigate tax, which we just got done talk about, but also mitigate loss. So another situation I had was we all remember the fourth quarter, especially the month of December, was not a great month for the market. And I always let people know this. Listen, whenever we talk about market returns, understand market returns are not always positive. Market returns are also going to be negative. And one of the things, and I talk about this all the time, is behavioral, investor behavior, and how we really have to look at our investments like Spock. Very logical. We have to remove emotion. If we do that, in the long term, it has been proven that we can always come out ahead. But in the Dalbar studies have repeatedly showed us over 20 years, they've been running these studies where investor behavior is the worst thing that can happen to the investor because they make poor decisions based on emotion. So I was on the phone with a client the day after Christmas and having a conversation with them, and they were extremely worried. And they had every right to be. I mean, Christmas Eve was not a good day in the market. And I was talking to him, I don't know, it was probably about 1030 in the morning on the day after Christmas and going over where their monies were and one particular portfolio was down and was down pretty significantly and walking them through the scenario. Let's really analyze this before we just jump ship. Let's look at, you know, where are our other monies? I'm asking them, has something happened in your life where we're going to need a big chunk of this money right now or within the next couple of months? that we really do need to be planning for. Quite frankly, we probably should have been planning for it 90 days ago. Or maybe it's an emergency that just came up. In this case, it was none of those. It was just the emotional aspect of them looking at the account value of one account and really being worried. And so what we were able to do is I was able to show them, well, if we do this today, this is going to be the recognized loss. And the opportunity for getting that loss back is dramatically less than if we just look to let what's on paper right now be there and look at our long-term investment strategy. So we went back over that 
and where we can be because the reality is if I don't have to take money out of this account today, I don't have to execute a position, meaning sell, and recognize a loss. In this case, it was also IRA money. Well, that doesn't make any sense. What am I going to do with it now? If I take it out, it's a double bump on the head. I've recognized a loss and I have created a tax obligation. So in that case, I really believe that an advisor is there you know, I, I, went, I was at a conference one time, and an advisor had written an, uh, an article, I think it was for Forbes magazine, and it was, should your investment advisor be your psychiatrist? <laughs> and it was talking exactly about this. So I, I think one of the values for the investor or for the client is recognizing when investor behavior can really be our or the client's detriment. And the advisor having the confidence and also having the ability to walk the client, just like we did, walk the client through the situation to be able to look at everything holistically and long-term. And by the way, this client is retired and has been retired for years. Be Have them look at everything. And is it really necessary to pull that trigger? Are we just making an emotional decision based on a couple days and let this portfolio do what it was originally designed to do. So I think that's another uh, big value to the advisor. The other thing is understanding the advisor. As I said, I'm not an attorney, but understanding when legal documents need to be drawn up, how they need to be drawn up, having a full and open conversation with the client and the attorney. If the client already has an attorney, we can converse with them. If they're looking for us to refer, we have those attorneys to refer out. And I just had this happened just a couple weeks ago. And that was got an email from a client. They were actually working with an attorney that we had recommended. And they sent us this stuff. Hey, listen, this is the things that we need you to, you know, put in place for us. And essentially, we were changing beneficiaries and stuff based on the, the legal documents they were drafting. And I looked at it and I was like, you know, this is not correct. Based on these accounts and what I know they're wanting to do, this is not the type of documents that should be drawn up. So we reached out to the client and then the client informed us, well, this was the discussion we had. So I reached out directly to the attorney and we had an open conversation where then, yes, it is where additional documents need to be drafted for some specific accounts to accomplish what the client was wanting to accomplish by even creating the legal documents. Again, I'm not an attorney, but having the recognition and understanding on what the client's wishes are and the fact that a legal expert does need to be brought in to make those things happen that the client is wanting done. The other thing is, and I just had this happen, and this client has been on board with us for quite a while, and recently had a family member that they had been taking care of pass away. And there was some various assets that were getting ready to be distributed. And I got an email from her and then reached out and was on the phone with her. And as we were talking about the different things that were in the process of happening, she goes, you know, I've got a certain debt obligation that I'm really unsure of on how to take care of it. What's the best way with these other assets I'm inheriting or should I continue to pay? So as we kept talking and I realized that she was thinking that there was an obligation on her part to take care of debt that was in the name of the family member she'd been taking care of. And it was a sizable amount. And she had already been making payments. The family member had passed away a couple months ago. 
And so after a discussion and some research on our end, we were able to advise her that that debt is not her responsibility. The other thing that was very beneficial was numerous years ago, we had changed some documents to make sure that they would not go through probate, which they did not, which also helped with mitigating that debt obligation. And so understanding those type of things, I had another client who passed away, this is quite a while ago, and her heirs reached out to me, as the mother had told them to do, and making sure that now when they were going to inherit these assets that they did it correctly and were able to mitigate the taxes that were going to be owed on one of the particular accounts. And so really there's another part of making sure and following through with, in that case, that client's original plan and the heirs getting the money in a most tax-efficient way. The other thing that I would tell you is, and Warren, going back, I, I would ask you, are you retired now? Or if you're not, you know, when you retire, many times people have been working for decades and they've been getting, you know, paychecks every other week or twice a month. And now all of a sudden that's going to stop. And, you know, maybe they go in and they take Social Security or they get a pension. Well, that only comes once a month. And so I can't tell you how many times when that paradigm shift happens, what's my income going to look like? How is the distribution going to happen? How much tax am I going to owe on that? So when we look at distribution planning, income planning, and then implementing it, and this is something that is looked at year over year, because in addition to you know potential tax mitigation is income planning also, I believe, has a where you place the assets based on tax characterization, risk, and how much is needed is one thing I believe the value that is created there is hopefully the longevity of the money based on how much is there, what our income need is, and our other income sources like pension, Social Security, maybe there's rental income, what have you, muni bond income. And how we then start to distribute to have that retirement paycheck. You know, many times I tell people, when you first retire, I just want you to be aware that whatever you've accumulated now, it's going to go down. I mean, that's just reality. It's not going to stay. It's not going to continue to accumulate as it did for decades while you were saving and earning the money and you never had to tap into it. But now it does. And one of the questions I get all the time is, Matt, how does that happen? how's this money? How are you going to distribute it? And so we talk about that and then we implement that. We also look to do tax calculations because we can look to tell the various custodians wherever the money is being held on how much tax to withhold. And so then the goal is for the client to come and do taxes, which is this time of year right now, is that they might only owe, you know, a thousand dollars or less or maybe a little bit of a refund. But that's also a paradigm shift because many times people have been used to years, even though advisors have been talking about it for a long time on not giving the government a free loan, is they're used to getting refunds. You know, and that's part of their budgeting, quite frank, frankly. And now in retirement, especially if a lot of the money is in IRAs, we don't want to be taking more money out just to get it back at the end of the year when we look to file taxes. So helping people with that. But, you know, 
One of the things, Warren, that you said that I believe is a value that you have to be able to recognize the value is there for you, for you, as I quote, is here's the rub. I'm tired of looking at the numbers every day and keeping up with it all. I want an advisor to take care of it so I can enjoy my retirement and focus my energies on other things. What is that value to you? If you're going to bring somebody on, if you're going to bring an advisor that's looking at everything that I've talked to, you're going to have to pay them. You know, they're not there to do it for free. And there's all different ways that advisors can get paid. But most importantly is, are you going to be able to let go once you bring that advisor on and really recognize the value that they're bringing to you so you can actually focus your energies in the areas of retirement that you want to without having to worry and or spend hours and hours in planning when you can have an advisor doing that as well. So again, I really think that you, Warren, you you need to look at what's that value to you and can you let go? You know, many times I've had the conversations when this question has come up or I knew it hadn't come up, but it was in the back of their mind is what is that value? You know, many times I'll meet with people and quite frankly, they could be in Warren's situations. As a matter of fact, I just had this last week and the person said to me, here's the deal. I just want to turn it over to someone and I just want to go live my life. I don't want to have to keep worrying about this. When I want to go do this, I want to be able to do it. When I want to go do this over here, I want to be able to go do it. And if I can't do it, I want the advisor to tell me why I can't do it. And they're willing to pay. You know, they're willing to pay for that convenience as they're going into retirement. And so, Warren, the other question I would ask you is that, first of all, can you let go? Can you let go of looking at things all the time? You know, but I will say this, you know, maybe that's something that happens over the course of time is that a healthy dialogue goes back and forth between you and the advisor that you talk to or that you bring on. Very similar, you know, it it reminds me of the conversations that we had initially when Maggie was first diagnosed with the oncologist. You know, I came in there with a flood of questions and those questions continued for all the way through her stem cell transplant to when she came home, to then the nurses are there. I mean, I was asking, you know, all the questions and, and having a healthy dialogue to the point where eventually, you know, the reality is let the doctor do what they do best. And Maggie still has those questions every now and then as they're, you know, some maybe changing some maintenance drugs up. But the reality is an advisor, you can have that healthy dialogue with them and get to the point where you're comfortable with them. You know, we're completely 100% comfortable with Maggie's oncologist. Quite frankly, we had such a good feeling when we first walked in, we didn't even go and follow up with the other two hospitals we'd done research on. That's how confident we were. But that doesn't mean that we still didn't have that healthy back and forth asking the questions of what the doctor's prescription was. And Warren, that's what I would tell you is, can you give it up? And what is the value that you are looking for? Because the one thing I would tell you is my thinking is the advisor is not just there to talk about investments. The advisor there is there to talk about all of the different things that I just went over. 
And, you know, I just thought about a couple other questions. So many times the questions we'll get that people come to us and they're looking for our advice on. Should I downsize? Should I pay off my mortgage? Should I get a new mortgage? If I sell, maybe I'm just going to go rent. You know, buying a large ticket item, a car, a boat, a big vacation. You know, how does that fit in to the whole plan? That is where I believe the real value can be recognized from an advisor. So let's go back and let's address this real quick. Warren, one of the things I would tell you to do is can you give it up? Second of all is what are you willing to pay to be able to go and focus your energies on the things that you really want to in retirement? And the last thing, and this is really for everyone as well, is make sure that if you have an advisor that what you think they're supposed to be doing for you they actually are doing and that they have the capacity to do that. Because that's one thing I find that many times there is a misunderstanding on what the client thinks the advisor or the stockbroker or the insurance agent. You want to make sure you're on the same page on who you're wanting to give you that trusted financial advice. So listen, everyone, I hope this has been helpful. This is Matt Hausman with smart money questions. If you have a topic or a question you would like for us or scenario that you would like for us to discuss, please just send us an email info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Go to our website, smartmoneyquestions.com or call us 610-719-3003. We'll be more than happy to get that on the next podcast. And hopefully you all have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. 